Does God give us more than we can handle? Hi, friends, and welcome back to Grassfed and Grace Led Podcast, and I'm Maddie Rose. This episode kind of piggybacks off of my last episode about uh, how bad theology hurts people, and I really wanted to talk specifically about this phrase or question, you know, that you might have, have heard, and that is whether or not God gives us more than we can handle. Now, oftentimes, this is a phrase that I have heard um, said by either people trying to comfort someone in trial or usually those going through the trial themselves because they've heard this so much, this idea that God will not give us more than we can handle. Now, there is some truth to that depending on what you mean when you say it, but usually, in my experience, The times that I've heard this being said apply in times of trial and hardship. Like I've said, you know, I've I've experienced some pregnancy losses, stillbirth, uh, different health needs of my child, and various things like that. I've had friends who've lost children, spouses, uh, have had severe health crises, and just really hard trying times, and. I can't even think of a single time where I haven't heard or seen them be told or them themselves saying, God won't give you more than you can handle. And I remember distinctly, I I was in an audiology class and a mother came in and she was sharing about her child who ended up having a cochlear implant and she had said that, you know, it was a very difficult time for them, but that God... uh wouldn't give them more than they can handle, so she knew that even though she was struggling and failing, that God, you know, thought so highly of what she could handle, and she knew that she could do it. And um, I think, you know, I understand, I think, the sentiment, the idea that, you know, we are equipped to be able to handle these things, and especially those of us, you know, who have children with special needs or whatever, God makes no mistakes, and and he knows what what we are gifted with um, in order to take care of our children and their unique needs, for example. However, there's twofold problem to this. One, it's not actually a biblical sentiment when you mean it this way. When you're talking about going through trials and hardships and God not giving you more than you can handle, that's just flat out not in scripture, truly. Now, there is a Bible verse that is often referred to. If you if you kind of refute this, or maybe they'll give it to you on their own, and they will say, you know, no, it is in Scripture. Here it is. So, it is in Scripture in one sense. And that sense is actually referring to temptation, not trial. And I, I know that we can kind of consider temptation as a trial, you know, if you're being tempted tempted to sin, it is a trial in a sense, but not the trial that we usually kind of are thinking of in that a hardship, a circumstance of suffering. So this verse that is often referred to and quoted to mean this is in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And um, I'll start here in verse... Well, I'll just read verses 6 so you can kind of understand the context of where it's coming from. But it's it's in verse 13. But it says, Now these things took place as examples for us that we might des- not desire evil as they did. 
Do not be idolaters, as some of them were, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality, as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test, as some of them did, and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction, on whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. And here it is, verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So there's your verse. But you can tell by the preceding context just briefly. I mean, you can back up more. Paul is talking about these sins that the first Corinthians were involved in and surrounded by. And, uh, you know, some of them even partaking of or being tempted to partake of. And he lists them there, you know, kind of this gluttony and self-indulgence, sexual immorality, uh, grumbling, different things like that. He's, you know, referring to, of course, the instances of in Israel or the wilderness wanderings where the Israelites were sinning against God. And so the context here, of course, is sin, the temptation to sin. And uh, we are told that we are, first of all, there's no, there's no new temptation. You know, all these temptations that we think we encounter today, it's all common to man in some form or another. We might not all experience the same type of temptations, but it's not that any one person is experiencing, experiencing a temptation that they are not familiar with. So you have that um, in play here, and then we are reminded that God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So there we see, you know, that the Holy Spirit will give you the ability to endure that type of temptation and avoid it and not fall into sin, even if you're in a situation that is tempting you. So in that respect, it is true. You know, we are certainly provided a way out, an escape, and the ability to endure by the power of God. Because it says here, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. So he will make sure that we are not set up to fail. That is something that God will not do. He will not set his His children in, in the path of temptation that we are unable to uh, resist the temptation to sin. There will be a way out. Um, so that is what that verse is giving us. But it is not, as you can tell by the the context, having to do with trials and suffering. That is a completely different circumstance here. And so another great reference to refer to on this topic of suffering and trial and affliction is in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, where Paul is just kind of introducing his letter. And he says here in verse 8, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, 
but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. So there you see a bit more of that type of context here and topic that we are talking about usually when we use this phrase that God will not give you more than you can handle. And when we're in the context of trial, suffering, affliction, whatever that may be, it could be persecution, it could be illness, disease, loss, hardship, you know, circumstances outside our control, whatever it may be, that's more of what's in view here in this text. And you see that Paul says we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Now, I can certainly think of times in my life where I've literally despaired of life itself. One being the stillbirth of my son. He was a twin and we want, and our son was, was gone. He was, he was born gone. And that was such a hard trying experience for a number of reasons as a mother, my concern for our surviving son, uh, just the abruptness of how it happened and all of that. It was just very despairing. And then yet I did have hope in the Lord because of his eternal promises. But if it were up to me in my own power, I would have crumbled. I would have fallen apart. And it was only through the power of God that I was able to sustain that and to trust in his promises and hope in him. And that's what you see in this scripture here, that he says, Indeed, that they felt that they received the sentence of death there in verse 9, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Verse 10, he delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. So it's this idea of setting your hope on God. And ultimately knowing that some of these situations are not going to end the way we want them to end. You know, my son could not be brought back. People that have terminal illness that might not be healed. God certainly does heal still today, but that is not always the case. You know, there are certain situations that on this side of glory aren't going to end the way we hope. But yet, that is not our hope. Our hope is not in these temporal things, even though we love them and cherish them. But there's still that groaning, you know, that Romans 8 groaning. I think I love how Paul, you know, goes through that in Romans 8, where, where he's dealing with the present suffering of this world here. Romans 8, 18, for I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. So there's that element of we are in a fallen, broken world, and there are going to be things that we encounter, that creation groaning. This world is fallen. Death is here. It's inescapable. Suffering, illness, disease. Even Lazarus, I think I might have even mentioned this in the last episode, Lazarus himself, who was brought back from the dead, did die again. We're not told that he ascended. So, um, you know, we know that 
that there is healing and there's hope in this world and there is times where we will go through great suffering and trial and then yet you know god restores that circumstance and he redeems it and there's healing and there's restoration and there's light at the end of the tunnel so to speak and there's times where we've had low valleys and high peaks and he's brought us through that and we can hope in that temporally that he will do that for us also but there's other times that can be very despairing and however it ends up you know however it if it ends ultimately in loss and death or it ends up turning around our hope is still in, in god our hope is still in eternal glory our hope and promises are in Christ, God. You know, he is ascended, seated at the right hand of the Father. His inheritance is promised to us as believers. So there is so much hope. But he has given us that power and ability to um, deal with these trials and these sufferings. And those trials and sufferings are intended to to fashion us and mold us more and more into the images of, of his son. You know, all my trials and all my sufferings that I've experienced so far in this life have in some form or fashion helped to shape me more and more into the image of Christ. Now, of course, I have a long way to go. <laughs> and hopefully it's not all through trial that, you know, that happens. Of course, I don't look for it. But, um, you know, just a couple quick other verses. James 1 when we're talking about trials, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So that is just, of course, one brief reminder of kind of the more eternal purposes in our suffering, but when we're in the trial and we're dealing with the hardship of it, you know, kind of there in that element, sometimes it can be really hard to look beyond, you know, the situation that you're currently in. You can only just kind of handle what you're doing in that very moment. And so, of course, you know, turn to Christ and and lead on and lean on his help and sustainment there. You know, um, here, Psalm uh, 121. Let me pull this up real quick. Uh, I have it right here. Uh, I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So when you're in that heart of despair and trial and suffering, affliction, persecution, uh, whatever it, it might be, lift your eyes up to the hills because you know where your help comes from. Your help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So that is where your hope, your hope comes from. It's not in you. And I think that's, that's the issue that I have with this particular kind of platonic kind of phrase. Or, you know, people mean well when they say it. They're usually trying to encourage you. Um, but I, I don't like it for two reasons. One, it can be almost kind of cruel you know, to tell somebody going through something like the loss of a child that God won't give you more than you can handle. I don't know anyone who feels like they can handle that on their own. So it's, of course, not biblical for one. You know, that's the number one reason why we don't want to say something to someone. Um, but 
it's also because it's not true it's also not helpful you know that that really doesn't help somebody in a dire circumstance where they're uh, truly despairing of life itself and and they're being told that god's not going to give you something more than you can handle well it certainly does feel like um i don't think i can handle this <laughs> i feel like i can't and the fact is is that oftentimes that's very true you can't you are not meant to you are meant to turn to god and rely on him that's what you're meant to do and that is the number one you know reason why i don't like this you know being shared and i don't i try to address it whenever i see it in a loving way um, because, yeah, it, it's not true. It's not biblical. It's not helpful. And it really doesn't serve the purpose that people think it does when they're trying to help someone and give them, you know, a bit of encouragement or advice. And then number two, introspectively, if you're being told or you're telling yourself that God does not give you more than you can handle, and yet you're feeling like you can't handle it, or you're just looking inward, you know, you're focusing on your inner power and your inner ability to deal with something. Now, there are some things, of course, like getting a paper cut. You can handle that. I think you can do that. But there are bigger things that we should be relying on, on God and his power to sustain us, to go to him in prayer. He wants that from us. While we are weak, he is strong, scripture says. So we are not meant to do this on our own. We are not meant to take it upon ourselves and just kind of, you know, bear it up and just, you know, girl power, whatever it is, you know. Um, we are we should be vulnerable and weak and go to God in our suffering and our trials and not feel as though we have to look at our own inner strength that is likely not there, and we're lying to ourselves if we think that it is. And often that manifests in other issues and more and more despair and, and suffering and hardship. And ultimately, you're not going to grow when you're looking inward. You're going to become more inner focused. But you look to Christ, you look to God, you, you pray, you go to scripture, you find your hope in there. And he will carry you through that, even though it doesn't feel like you can breathe another breath sometimes. You know, when we lost our stillborn son, the way I kind of described the feeling of grief was rip my heart out, tie it in barbed wire, and drag it up behind a truck going 70 miles an hour on a gravel and glass road. It's just that feeling of pain and loss was more than I could bear. And to this day, I'm amazed that I did. But not only did I have to bear it, I still had to be a mother. I had a child in the NICU. I had a toddler at home. I was a wife. We had just moved from overseas. I mean, I, I had to not just survive. I had to thrive to a certain level of functioning which is very difficult to do when you're in grief. And it is only by the grace of God and leaning on him that he enabled me to do that. Now, did I do it perfectly? Absolutely not. But he carried me along. He gave me the power to face every day and to focus on each challenge as it came. Because that wasn't the end of our story, of course, as you might you know, get to know later through more episodes. But that's 
that's really the important thing that I want people to take away is one, true, God will not tempt us beyond our ability when it comes to sin. He has made it possible for us to avoid the sin and not to fall into temptation. So that, that is true and that is biblical. So if you're saying it in that way and that's what you're meaning, then yeah, that's true. But more often than not, you're not. And, and it has to do with trial and suffering and hardship. And uh, we need to remember that we are not meant to bear this on our own, that we are incapable of doing it, and that it is okay that we are feeling like we can't. And that whole point is to focus on, on God and find our hope in Him through these trials. So I want to encourage you, if you are currently or have been feeling like you are unable to bear your present circumstances, go to your help. Go to the Lord, pray to him, pour out your heart to him. He knows and he can sustain you. And then my second little bit of advice, if you know someone who's suffering and going through hardship, don't say this. Offer to pray for them. Ask them what you can do for them. And if you see a need that can be met, just do it. That's a whole other episode. But I will tell you, in in my times of grief, I had a lot of people that offered if we need anything, just let them know. I didn't I didn't know what I needed at that point. I was just trying to survive. <laughs> so if you're able and you're local or you're around and you see a need, just do it. Just do it. So I hope that um, this found you well. I hope that this encourages uh, those of you to find your hope and strength in God and to look beyond your inner ability to handle these great sufferings and trials and afflictions that we experience in this life, to know that we are not intended to take it on on our own. And I thank you for listening again. I hope you have a blessed week. Continue to be grass-fed and grace-led. God bless. <laughs>